in Langley, British Columbia. This is evidence of a violent early morning rampage, a shooting spree that lasted about six hours in the city of Langley. You never know, right? Could be just random, random people getting hurt. Two people killed and two others seriously injured after a lone gunman fired at multiple people in a series of attacks at several locations right across the city. I'm broadcasting tonight from Winnipeg and on my computer system, I can search stories and I just put in the word shooting and it kicked up 528 stories for the last three weeks. Uh, Langley, British Columbia, um, out of other Canadian centers, Whistler here in Winnipeg, the vast majority of the stories come from the United States. Shootings right across, highlighting some of the shootings that we see every day that don't make our newscasts unless there's a multiple shooting. But do we have a problem here in Canada? I've always said that because of our gun laws, the availability here is not as common as the United States. But are attitudes different? I think so. But how easy would it be to get a gun? Rob Gordon is with us, professor of criminology at Simon Fraser University. Professor, great to talk to you. Thank you for joining us this Monday evening. My pleasure, sir. My pleasure. Is there a gun issue in this country in the sense that we are trying the criminal element and others trying to get guns and somehow being able to purchase them, either um, making their own 3D guns or getting them from some places because I talk to law enforcement here and they say that you can still get a gun if you want to get a gun, not necessarily <laughs> legally, but illegally. So I'll ask you the question. Do we have a gun issue in this country? Well, I, I think we do. Um, there are many who would disagree with me significantly and will hit my email uh, this evening and uh, curse me out for saying so. But I, I think it's, it is a problem. Um, we should continue to talk about it as a country. We should continue to pressure the two main levels of government, federal and provincial, that have anything to do and say about firearms and firearm possession, to maintain a watch on what's going on. Um, and to try to keep firearms away from people who are, let's put it this way, unstable and who do not have uh, a reason to have a firearm. Uh, that should be our starting point in a modern social democracy like Canada. You want a firearm, why? Justify it. You don't have a right to it. This is not the United States of America where you can claim that constitutional right. And even that, I think, is a bit shaky. But you, <clears throat> you should be able to say 
uh, I want or I need a firearm for this particular purpose, tick the box, be prepared to justify it. And if you cannot, then you don't get it. And I think suppliers, manufacturers and retailers have a responsibility here too. We're not talking about them as much as we should. Um, and they're obviously fearful uh, that stricter controls will eat into their bottom line. Um, and so they rely very much on the gun lobby to uh, keep their businesses going. I, I think that's a huge problem. We're not holding the manufacturers of firearms to account in the same way that we have managed to hold the growers and, and distributors of tobacco uh, to account for the deleterious consequences of their products. Uh, we're just simply assuming that it's okay to have a firearm because, well, look, our friends to the south have pretty much open access, and it's very easy to uh, very easy to get uh, those firearms anyway. So let's not make a big fuss about it. Um, so I, I'll stop at that point, uh, but uh, there's obviously a lot more to be said. Yeah, and 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 to build on this because as you were explaining that, I was thinking about. Um, the, the fact that I know many hunters that, uh, you know, have firearms that use them for hunting, safely store those firearms, um, believe that they don't necessarily have a right to those firearms, but certainly are responsible for that. And then we start talking about, you know, registering, et cetera, et cetera, the, the, the hunters I know have no problem with that. They have absolutely no problem, you know, storing the firearms, storing the ammunition in a separate area, making sure it's safe and, and secure. No issues with that whatsoever. Where they do have issues is uh, attitudes that we see in a lot of urban areas where um, gangs and others... Uh, and, and you talk about, you know, the instability aspect of this as well, that somehow if you want to get a firearm in this country, you still can get a firearm. You just have to be able to know the right people. And you talk to law enforcement and they say our borders are still porous, that, um, that illegal well, firearms yeah. are coming into Canada big time still. And yes. that we're not doing what needs to be done to attack that in a concerted way, and we don't have enough resources to be able to do it. Yeah, yeah well, you're absolutely right. Um, in the porous border issue, I think it's a huge problem. Um, uh, two things about that. Um, I live on the border. My neighbor, and I won't tell you any more about where it is, but my neighbor's backyard uh, finishes on, on the border. Um, and we can drive down the road or go for a hike or whatever. And uh, as you well know from, from uh, being involved in uh, moving around the lower mainland, uh, 
crossing is dead easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the heyday of drugs, uh, particularly BC Bud, um, transportation of drugs across the border, back and forth, uh, was relatively simple. And it's still, I think, that way. So that's, that's an important issue. The second point that you've raised is, well, so we've got a porous border, so what do we do about it? And the answer is, I don't know. Because I'm sitting here looking out the window of my house at the United States, and I'm thinking, how could you stop it? Um, if you know the ways across the border, uh, and anyone who lives close to the border does, uh, then it's really simple uh, to move product backwards and forwards if you're so inclined. Usually it's not the borderline itself. It's the access or approaches to the borderline that are the weak point in the system. And that's where um, we stand the greatest chance of catching people. But even so, you know, you can get across by drone, you can get across by, and I think I remember rightly, just a couple of weeks ago, a drone was found in a tree. Um, it had come from the south and it had cargo. Uh, so that's, that's one ingenious way of getting firearms across. Um, also, um, just simply, yeah, moving stuff backwards and forwards. Very, very simple. I won't go any further, into any further detail in case I'm giving away trade secrets here, but it's not difficult to move stuff backwards and forwards. Now, how do we stop that? I don't know. Is it a matter of personnel? To some extent, maybe. But uh, the costs of rigorous enforcement of the border or in the mile on each side where you're catching people... um, that enforcement is uh, is highly problematic. It's very resource um, intensive. Rob Gordon is with us. He's a professor of criminology at Simon Fraser University. I'm Richard Cloutier. We'll pick up the conversation in a moment simply from a, a different perspective here because I'm interested in attitudes and um, a certain part of the population that believes Violence is the way to solve our problems. I'm Richard. In for Ben, you can join the conversation. Safely text us at 877-399-9898. Richard Cloutier in for Ben. Ben is back tomorrow night. Rob Gordon is a professor of criminology at Simon Fraser University. And we both agree that there is a gun issue in this country. But Professor Gordon, let's talk about attitudes because it seems to me that we are um, in a North American culture that uh, somehow believes that violence can be employed to solve our problems and that um, because of our stricter gun measures here in Canada, uh, certainly where I'm broadcasting from in Winnipeg, we see a lot more stabbings. But if those knives were replaced with guns, we would have a whole lot more homicides in our cities from coast to coast. My, my query is more along the, the, the attitude towards violence. And that, to me, uh, is, is a big part of the problem here, is that we are quite 
used to violence. We're quite used to it in our culture. And there are some of us that are quite used to using it. Yes. Um, I, I don't disagree. What concerns me, actually, more than anything else, is the extent to which this is a growing issue amongst young people. And I'm thinking especially a couple of incidents over the last couple of years in British Columbia, which I found to be quite alarming, involving young males acquiring, easily acquiring weapons uh, to use on a, quote, hunting trip, unquote. Mm. In one instance, uh, taking themselves across the northern part of Canada and killing several people along the way. Um, the, the, these are the, the young men who ended up committing suicide in, in Manitoba, in northern Manitoba. You will remember that, I've no doubt. Um, and then more recently, a most curious case, which we still do not have all the information about because it is so recent, a couple of young men, a couple of twins, in fact, um, who uh, had firearms. We don't know. It's not public at this point exactly what those firearms were. Um, and they used them to attempt to rob a bank in Sarnich on Vancouver Island. Um, so two instances there where, judging by the traces they left behind on social media, because both pairs of young men died. Um, and when that happens, because you don't know what, truly what the motives were, um, but they left a lot of social media traces behind. It does seem as if they were influenced by a number of things, including, I might add, and this will really light up my email, the, um, the truckers movement, that took over um, Ottawa. I mean, that's an extreme example of violence that, in my view, has gone beyond the acceptable. Um, and that's a bunch of people who are males, adult males, some females, but mainly adult males, who are setting a tone. I think we were a, a shy of seeing firearms used in those demonstrations. Um, and a lot of that, I think, came out of Trump in the United States. So that extreme right-wing view um, of, uh, of our society and its failings um, manifesting itself amongst young people. Um, and I think that we have to tackle that head on uh, as a country and as a culture because we are different from the United States in so many ways. Let's not meld the two together too, too quickly. Professor Gordon, I appreciate the conversation. We've only scratched the surface here, but I do admire anyone that uh, has academic freedom and uses their academic freedom. Keep on 
saying what you are saying and doing the research and the commentary. Rob Gordon, appreciate the time. Thanks so very much. My pleasure indeed.